The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. So, uh, I guess that's sort of uh, what I wanted to talk about uh, today. The uh, uh, unpredictable and never-flowing nature of the Buddha Dharma and appropriate uh, response. So uh, there's reverb and uh, then a, a quick reaction to that. Now there's no reverb. And of course, uh, uh, our notion of what a temple is, uh, is flowing and changing with these strange times we live in. So uh, for us at the village Zendo, the temple used to be 588 uh, Broadway. And for every Zazen Kai, we would show up uh, there. And then uh, COVID hit and the temple became uh, uh, Zoom, uh, our computer screens. And now the temple has become some combination of the two. So what is the true temple? Are they all the true temple or none of them? Uh, one thing's for sure, uh, this temple does not feel exactly like the temple I sat in at 588. Uh, nor is it quite like the temple I've been sitting in for the past couple of years uh, in front of my uh, computer. It's the temple of today, the temple of now, uh, which is already arising and passing away. Uh, this uh, arising and passing away came up for me uh, quite dramatically last uh, weekend, uh, last Sunday, uh, because uh, as you know, we uh, celebrated the memorial uh, for our dear Sangha member, uh, Yuka Tork. And uh, I was unable to attend because I was committed to uh, a rite of passage of a different kind. Uh, my niece was uh, celebrating uh, her wedding. Uh, and I phrase it like that, instead of saying my niece was getting married because uh, due to uh, COVID, uh, the form of the wedding had changed a bit. So actually she got married on the West Coast uh, uh, last fall uh, when Omicron started hitting us hard. And uh, a lot of people, relatives on the East weren't able to uh, get on a plane and go out and attend the wedding. So she scheduled a second wedding celebration uh, in the spring here on the East Coast and uh, sort of recreated the feel of a wedding. She turned up 
in her wedding dress uh, uh, looked beautiful. And there was a, uh, a big tent at a local uh, winery uh, with the flaps open outside to a beautiful spring day uh, with a nice breeze coming in. So felt relatively safe as if we didn't all need to uh, face each other uh, in a mask. Um, and uh, on the table, uh, just as uh, maybe with at the wedding reception last fall, there was a, a centerpiece at each table. Uh, and at ours, uh, people couldn't uh, stop talking about it because uh, it was a vase of beautiful uh, flowers, but the center of it all uh, was this big, splashy, uh, beautiful peony. Uh, people couldn't take their eyes off it. It was just uh, completely gorgeous, uh, a real uh, embodiment of spring. And uh, as I sat, uh, chit-chatting with various relatives, uh, my eye kept straying uh, to that peony and uh, thinking how uh, I used to think uh, practice uh, in order to get enlightenment was a bit like uh, trying to become that beautiful peony, uh, radiant, uh, so that uh, when you truly uh, realize your Buddha nature, uh, you're transformed into this wonderful, radiant uh, creature full of wisdom and compassion. But actually, uh, uh, you know, from my somewhat older and more jaded vantage point now, uh, I could see that, well, uh, this beautiful flower is just one stage in a process. So, uh, uh, you know, a number of weeks before it was a seed. Uh, uh, was that seed any less a peony? than the flower on the table right now. Uh, and uh, that seed uh, needs to uh, meet certain causes and conditions in order uh, for the process to result in that flower. Uh, needed water, earth, sun, someone, uh, to care for it with a bit of love in his or her heart. So it could grow and mature uh, into uh, what I was looking at now and was giving me so much joy. And thinking about it that way, thinking of this flower as a process and not as uh, a final destination 
I could really see uh, what Dogen meant when uh, he said the truth is fully present uh, right from the beginning. Uh, the Buddha nature is fully present uh, and luminous uh, and the beginner who walks through the Zendo door on his first day and hasn't learned how to do Zazen yet, just as uh, the peony is fully present in the seed, fully present in the shoot that comes out of the ground, fully present in the bud, uh, so on and so forth. And because uh, we're dealing with a process and not a fixed thing, I also knew that that beautiful flower uh, was but a stage in the process. And quite soon the uh, wedding celebration would be over. Uh, uh, people would come around and uh, clean up the tables. Uh, and it would wind up in the compost. Uh, it would uh, decay, become part of the ground from which it arose. And who knows, uh, in a few weeks or months, perhaps uh, it would be nourishment for dandelions or weeds or some other kind of flower. So we really get hold of the wrong end of the stick uh, when we believe that enlightenment or being a Buddha uh, is a thing, uh, a thing that can be attained and is anyway separate from the process of practice. Uh, it's something that is illumined at each stage of our practice. And the more sincerely and devotedly uh, we practice, the more it is illumined. So how exactly does this work? Um, well, uh, when we begin, uh, we spend a lot of time uh, trying to get what we think is the right mind. Uh, and uh, we think that, oh, if only uh, I didn't have a discriminating mind, didn't have so many thoughts, uh, then I, I would really enter uh, whatever state that I conceive uh, enlightenment or realization to be. And uh, you encounter students all the time uh, in Dokusan. They uh, uh, say, uh, could you recommend, uh, you know, some good books on Zen? Now, I, I know I'm not supposed to read books because uh, they're not it. Uh, but still, I, uh, I would appreciate some book recommendations. 
or uh, oh, my meditation is going terribly today. I have so many thoughts coming up moment after moment or oh, my meditation is going very well. My mind is very uh, quiet. Uh, so it's normal uh, to think that what we're trying to do is to uh, uh, basically become mindless, uh, sort of like that uh, flower uh, who that just uh, naturally grew from the seed and went through the various stages of maturity without a lot of fuss about it. Uh, it just somehow knew what to do. Uh, uh, but human development is not like that. Uh, and there's nothing wrong uh, with reading books and talking about concepts. Uh, there's uh, nothing wrong uh, with learning uh, deportment in the Zendo and uh, someone correcting you and then learning how to do it the right way, uh, whatever the right way happens to be at that uh, particular moment. Uh, and uh, as I was uh, speaking about last time in regard to practicing the precepts, yes, over time, uh, uh, one becomes so intimate with the precepts that uh, uh, they're kept. Uh, in a more spontaneous, uh, free-flowing way, it's true. Uh, but uh, being humans, we need to spend a lot of time studying the precepts, uh, reflecting on the precepts, acting on the precepts, uh, and uh, wondering, oh, did I get that one right? Did I get that one wrong? and so on, in this kind of uncomfortable uh, uh, mixture of reflection and uh, uh, sort of uh, self-criticism and on and on and on. Uh, all of these uh, are part of the developmental process and all of these stages of the developmental process are themselves a luminous reflection of the truth. Uh, in Zazen, uh, one thing that happens is uh, uh, at first we feel that you know we're being disturbed by thoughts, that we're supposed to get rid of thoughts. Uh, uh, but over time and not uh, over a great deal of time, uh, we notice that thoughts are just part of the process of zazen. They arise from we know not where, they go to we know not where, uh, 
just as the uh, sound of a bird outside the window arises from we know not where. And when it's over, we don't know where it has gone. There's a, uh, a koan uh, uh, where a couple of teachers try to uh, uh, help a student uh, who has this notion that uh, no mind uh, uh, means not having a human brain, not having thoughts and so on. Uh, and uh, this monk uh, came to Master Joshu and said, does a newborn baby have the sixth consciousness or not? Now, uh, the sixth consciousness refers to uh, uh, a strand of uh, Buddhist uh, philosophy. Uh, so uh, the first five consciousnesses are the five senses that we ought to ordinarily uh, think of. Uh, the sixth uh, is the one that is conscious of the others and is conscious of thought and starts to distinguish between what the senses are coming in, so our senses are showing us. So, uh, you know, we don't mistake a Zafu for a Zabutan. Uh, uh, although they're both temples, uh, I don't mistake uh, this room in my apartment in Brooklyn uh, for uh, Lazendo in uh, Tribeca. Uh, I also uh, look and I think, oh, well, uh, uh, what's going on here seems kind of screwed up. Uh, that's kind of wrong. Oh, what's going on here? That seems pretty good. That's kind of right. Uh, so that's the sixth consciousness. And so the monk asks, uh, as a newborn baby, have the sixth consciousness or not. And what he's implying here is uh, the baby just uh, experiencing is, experiences things purely without making distinctions, uh, without making judgments, not having any notion of right or wrong. Uh, uh, so maybe that's the model of what enlightenment is. Well, Joshu uh, tries to steer him in the right direction. So the monk asked, does a newborn baby have the sixth consciousness or not? And Joshu says, like a ball dropped in swiftly flowing water. Well, that seems a little bit opaque, uh, although 
what he's pointing to is to the experience of each one of us, uh, whether we make judgments or not, uh, whether we're thinking a lot, whether things are flowing spontaneously or uh, with a lot of aggravation or effort. Like a ball dropped in swift flowing water. I always think of it as like being a ping pong ball. Uh, where is it? <laughs> each moment, each then, where is it? Where did it go? Well, this didn't uh, clear things up for the monk, so he went and asked Master uh, Tzu, what is the meaning of like a ball dropped on swift flowing water? Tutsu said, moment to moment, non-stop flow, moment to moment, non-stop flow. If we really understand what uh, Master Tutsu is pointing to here, we can understand why realization and enlightenment are not separate from our practice moment to moment, uh, far from uh, being a, a means to attaining some end, far from uh, the seed just being a means uh, to becoming that beautiful flower. Our practice itself is the flowering of the Buddha Dharma. And uh, in traditional Buddhism, there's a description of how our practice, uh, particularly Zazen, just observing our minds, helps us uh, embody the Buddha's wisdom and compassion. So uh, the five senses, uh, give us the ability to act in the world, to be present in the world, to be a participant in the world. Uh, the sixth consciousness uh, uh, goes from being um, making such uh, compulsive uh, distinctions. Uh, to being more of an intuition. So more and more we develop a feel for where things want to go, a feel for the compassionate or wise course, even though we don't quite know why this is the right direction. We learn uh, to trust our own innate wisdom uh, in the context of practice. And then another consciousness, the seventh, that's the one uh, that the Buddha talks about in the Four Noble Truths, uh, uh, craving and aversion. So after the sixth consciousness makes its distinctions, uh, the seventh goes, 
oh yeah, I want more of that. I want more of that. I want more of that. Or I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. Um, but with practice, that seventh consciousness begins to relax and to see that whether it's the seed or the flower or the dry decayed stalk, each one is a luminous expression of the Buddha Dharma. Uh, this is called the wisdom of equality. Uh, and finally, uh, uh, the eighth consciousness, which is the stage where the endless round of cause and effect uh, takes place, the empty stage. Uh, that becomes a bright mirror reflecting all things just as they are. And so our practice is both an embodiment of these various wisdoms and a cultivation of these various wisdoms. There's no final arrival point because there's no real beginning point. The first day that we uh, showed the Bodhi mind, that the Bodhi mind arose in us, the aspiration to practice the way uh, was not separate in any way from our embodiment of the way, our embodiment of the luminous truth of the Buddha Dharma. And so I guess uh, my message uh, reflecting in all, on all of this is whatever is going on in your life, uh, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a funeral, whether it's uh, an epidemic, or whether it's a quiet moment spent uh, in the presence of people you love. Each moment is an opportunity for practice. Each moment is an opportunity to practice the wisdom and compassion of the Buddha uh, in quite an ordinary way, not in any special way. And then the moment goes and on to the next and on to the next. Continuous, ceaseless practice, as Dogen says moment to moment, non-stop flow.